You are listening to the Thundercling Podcast. <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right? Did you say you're doing wrestling moves? Oh god, I'm bleeding. Jason Kale's walking around on stilts was fucked up. Hi, I'm Feedy. My name is Dave. And you're listening to the Thunderclink Podcast. Pandemic edition, dude. <laughs> True pandemic. Pandemic edition. Dave, tell me about where you're at right now. I am in a basement. I'm, I mean, not in a random basement, not in somebody <laughs> else's basement. I am in my own basement um, because Lynn has a little bit of a cough. It is definitely not the coronavirus or anything like that. Um, I think it's allergies, but uh, I can't get sick. I got to keep working, you know what I mean? So I'm down here until until that clears up. <laughs> yeah, but I and mean, it's just super exciting times. Yeah, very exciting. Um, yeah, well, I think the key thing that you, the listeners, I'm sure, have noticed by now is that neither of us is within the general one-foot closeness that we usually are, you know? We're not... We're not just chest to chest, butts to butt. That's impossible, CD. You don't know that. <laughs> Without Siri. I mean, people are doing enough yoga right now where you could probably do a chest yeah. to chest, butt to butt sort of interaction. I like how in order to evade the viral infection by coronavirus, people have just been starting these weird viral trends as well on like social media. Like... Fucking, I don't want to get infected by 10 push-ups and eating garlic and shit. Dude, I think when this whole thing clears, like, climbers are going to be all muscle-bound and, like, ripped yeah. now instead of, like, lean and toned. No. They're going to be up to, like, 220 push-ups a day. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually, my theory is that uh, most climbers are going to quit climbing um, because they'll realize that they were runners all along. They're going to just be like, holy crap, running is the best because it's the only thing I had to do. I fell in uh, love with jogging on pavement. Oh, what a sad, horrible state of affairs. How are you doing? How are you doing with no climbing? You know, I am okay. I luckily was doing a bunch of climbing before it was essentially decided by the community that it was a bad idea. So since then I haven't obviously climbed, but I got my, yeah. I'm so lucky that I have a, uh, some kind of hangboard, an open area in my backyard where I can hang it and just do pull-ups and stuff. So it sucks, obviously. <laughs> right now, right now, everybody who built like a home Woody a few years ago oh. or just before this happened, they are sitting on a gold, mine they do not oh, even realize man. it they so realize jealous it. yeah what what foresight <laughs> those people had who would have known like a survivalist kit would involve like a metabolius 40 pack of holds i know yeah uh, i know well we, we're be prepared in the future you know that's damn right i'm gonna freaking Pan- stick climbing holds all over my house pandemic kits <laughs> pandemic climbing kits Tension board, beast maker, climbing holds, yeah. six flats of four by eight, five eighths inch plywood. Anyway, so as everybody can hear, we're doing this a little bit differently. The sound quality 
it's not up to our normal standards. You know? Yeah, no, 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 sir. That's okay. We gotta we gotta make do in this um dystopian present we're all living in. So who did we have on the podcast? Um via Zoom. Shout out to Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a, we had a Juliet Amanda. Juliet Wait. Amanda Hammer. Amanda Hammer, excuse me. That no, it's type. okay. It's okay. If if we were sitting next to you, to each other, I would have given you a cue, a nonverbal cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't read your body language because of the Zoom, and also your internet isn't good enough, so we can't use the video. So we just we're literally just talking. Yeah, Jesus, so depressing. <laughs> um, so Juliet uh, is a strength and conditioning coach here in Denver. She has all the certifications. She's also, of course, a sponsored climber, um, a really, really badass boulder. But we thought during, of course, the coronavirus shutdown and lock-in, it'd be a good time to talk to a trainer who actually works out with like general population people remote, remotely. She has like a remote program. So she gives some good tips during this. And we lament, of course. There's a lot yes. of lamentation in this Yeah, podcast. sorry. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to like not just have the overshadowing cloud of coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, I we think do our that's best, nec- guys. I think that's necessary to kind of frame the state of mind that everybody is in because in this podcast, you know, we really don't laugh. We do, but not quite as much. It isn't quite as goofy, you know. Everybody's Everybody's in a little bit of a state of shock, I think, you know? It's really yeah. quite scary, especially what's yep. happening in places like New York. Oh, um, yeah. But Juliet was good enough to come on. We, we've we been trying to do this podcast with her for like four weeks. I know. <laughs> disaster <laughs> after disaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we lost Nolan. The community lost Nolan Smythe, so we had to cancel that podcast. We haven't done a pod for a while, but this is as good as it's going to get for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. So anyway, maybe we should just take it straight to Juliet. That sounds good. We'll, we have a, a bunch of stuff to talk about to it. If you want to stick around, we'll be here in the outro. But yeah. until then, let us have Juliet to take it away. Goodbye. Um, yeah, so I work at a personal training studio in um, Denver here, and I do kind of general strength and conditioning training. Um, I work with a lot of general population folks, um, as well as um, a handful of climbers. So, but yeah, most of the training I do is barbell um, and free weight strength training. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, up to, you know, last week, I guess, uh, I've been working at this studio for, I've been there almost a year and a half now and it's about as long as it takes to like get a pretty full schedule. So I was up to about 35 sessions a week. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Then last Monday, the you know public health order came through to close down any gyms. Uh, so yeah, Tuesday morning we were officially closed. Um, 
So it was kind of, I would say Tuesday and Wednesday was kind of like a nice stagnant, just like what just happened. Uh, (laughs) Soaking it in being like, um, I have no idea, you know, what we're going to do. Yeah. Kind of just feeling a little lost, uh, but I'm fortunate that I, you know, work at this studio and we have a pretty strong team environment. Um, So there's five of us at my studio and there's a second location that has another five employees. Um, So pretty small team. And my boss has been, you know, in the industry for almost 25 years. So he's, you know, been a super good leader and was just like, all right, guys, like we're going to make it work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What are they doing? I guess. Yeah, so we're doing virtual one-on-one sessions right now. Nice. Um, yeah, so we actually use Zoom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been fun. I've got to meet everyone's dogs. Um, <laughs> perk. Yeah, so we pretty, perk. Much, we pretty much just video chat through a session using what they have at home. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have, like, a pretty sweet, like, home setup. Um and some people have just body weight. So it's been, you know, um, having to get a little more creative and, um, you know, making sure I can accomplish everything with each different kind of home setup. Um, but I mean, it's been going really well, actually. Everyone's been kind of shocked after the first virtual session. They're like, Oh wow. That was like a lot harder. That's super cool. That's great to hear. Yeah. I think, you know, there's kind of this idea, you're like, oh, I, I'm at home and all I have is you know, a set of resistance bands. I can't get a good workout. And yeah. you can definitely work work and get, get you know, some good I, exercises done with, with whatever you I want. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool that uh, you also have a pretty, like, general population clientele as well. Because I, fig- I feel like for the clients you have that are climber-specific, maybe it's slightly harder since not everyone has, like, a hangboard or or uh, equipment that would be conducive to that kind of exercise? Or is that also kind of been surprisingly easy to deal with? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. I think everyone so far who has gotten in touch for some remote plants um, has some sort of something as far as finger fingers go. Um, you know, a lot of people, even if they don't have a hangboard, they have a set of rock rings or um I mean, there's always a door frame edge, which I don't know if I can <laughs> professionally, you know, recommend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like, can. two weighted hangs on a door frame. That's a good idea. But, uh, <laughs> or, you know, like, uh, t- tension's been really awesome. Um, getting some hang boards and flash boards and tension blocks out. So um, just a lot of, like, pretty... Um, you know, s- small, easy to, you know, work with tools. Um, so yeah, everyone seems to have something, um, which is pretty cool. And then, so you had, you were working with like 35 clients a week or 35 sessions, sorry, Mm -hmm. a week when, um, kind of everything started getting shut, shut down due to the coronavirus. How many people did you lose out of the gates? Like, can you talk about the roller coaster because I, I know that you're back on the upswing again. Can you talk about that a little bit, like vis-a-vis clients? Yeah, sure. So um, as far as kind of the one-on-one virtual sessions go, you know, I just 
texted all the clients and, um, you know, there's definitely a few right off the bat who are just like, no, I'm just going to wait till you're open again, which is really hard not to, you know, want to come back and be like, but we don't know when that is. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> like it, it could be March 1st, which right now is the official May 1st, May 1st. Yep. So, so the order is extended through April 30th, um, for all gyms and kind of the personal services. Oh, those people are going to be so soft by then, though. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Soft um, boys. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's kind of the point of the, the home training stuff, though, is kind of, you know, you know, maintain or even you can definitely get stronger. Yeah. Home. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm talking about the people who are like, oh, I'll wait till you're open. Oh, like, yeah, no, yeah. Dude, no. you keep it going. They're gonna they're gonna get a text like every week, just being like, "Hey, nice. <laughs> have you gotten stir crazy yet? Are you are you ready to to move a little bit?" Yeah, they're gonna. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I I really like wouldn't count on that May first date at all. I mean, who knows? Um, no, yeah, the way. Wouldn't. Yeah. Well, who who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, so yeah, kind of right off the bat, a few people dropped off but overall most people have been willing at least to try one which is you know all, all you can really ask is mm-hmm. like, well, I'll just, just hop on for one session if you don't like it that's cool yeah we can we can wait but you know give it a shot and so far you know pretty much everyone who's done one of the virtual sessions has has booked more so well that's yeah. great to hear. that's great yeah no it's good it's I mean it, it's been really interesting because you know what I do is such a, you know, personal service, right? Like I'm I'm standing in a room with someone and I'm telling them what to do and moving things around and, you know, and, you know, being that energy in the room is, you know, why people like to come and get trained by someone. Um, So it's, you know, when it first, when we first closed, it was like, how, you know, how could we possibly do this remotely? But um, people still, you know, need the sessions for the same reason they did when we were, you know, doing it in person. Um, like a lot of people need an appointment to, to work out. They need accountability and they kind of just need to be told what to do. Um, <laughs> yes. a, a lot of people, even, even if they, you know, walk into their like sweet home setup, they like kind of walk in, look around. They're like, I don't know what to do and just walk back out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's, it's that's going, been encouraging it, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think, I feel like you're a little bit better off than some people than some trainers then for sure. Some yeah. Trainers and coaches. Yeah. I feel super fortunate. Um, like I said, just being, being a part of a team and not just being my own business. Like it's yeah. not just me. I, I'm doing everything under alt fitness is the name of the studio. So, um, you know, if it had just been me, like I would probably still just be freaking out right now. Um, why, why do you say that? I, I think, uh, you know, I, I just got pretty overwhelmed by the whole situation and it really took, my boss, Todd, being like, hey, <laughs> I've been through a lot in the last 25 years and we will be fine. We're like, you know, just having that attitude. Yeah. Uh, 
all right, like we're going to make it work. We're going to figure out a way to, to stay in business and get it done. And, um, I think having him to be that person is really helpful instead of it having to, you know, you know, me having been in this industry for not very long, I think, um, is like a big difference between him and me. He's yeah. just like, I've seen it all. I mean, maybe not this exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> now he's seen it all. Now he's seen it all for sure. Don't jinx it. But yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, having somebody there who can just kind of assert that confidence is for sure uh, seems like a relief. I mean, we know people, Dave and I know some trainers who their entire business is extremely off social media, extremely in person. And uh, people like that, I feel like are in a really tough spot right now, which is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Juliet. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I, I actually, it's been all right for me to transfer into the remote training because I, I did start a hybrid program this year, um, in January. So I already kind of, it is truly hybrid. It's part in person, part remote. And so making the transition to fully remote hasn't been, uh, too, too difficult at all. Um, so talk about what a hybrid program is real quick, because you know, nobody had, nobody pays attention to what a hybrid program is in the past when you didn't really need to know what it was, right? Your trainer just says, oh, this is a hybrid program. But now the people who have these platforms that are based on that hybrid program are flourishing much, much better than people who do not have access to a hybrid program. So if you can talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, I had a handful of climbers come in and, um, you know, what makes the difference between climbers and kind of a general population is climbers are pretty psyched to, to work out already. They're pretty self-motivated. Um, so the big thing was, um, you know, personal training is, it's not cheap. It's definitely a luxury service, you know, it costs, costs a good chunk of change and um, you know, I had people coming to me being like, Hey, like, I really want to work with you. Um, but I like, am really motivated to just go and do the workouts off on my own and get kind of your feedback from it. Um, so that's kind of how the hybrid program came about was kind of to offer a more affordable option for, um, you know, the people who you know, don't necessarily need, like I was saying, that appointment and that accountability to actually go work out. Um, so the way it worked was I, um, we have an introductory offer at the studio. Um, so it's three 45 minute sessions, um, all in person. So, um, you know, they would come in, do the three sessions with me, uh, which included, you know, going over, um, kind of a movement assessment and then a fitness assessment to get baseline numbers. And then, um, just running them through the typical workout they would see, um, that I would send them remotely. So just kind of, you know, getting familiar and, um, comfortable in the gym setting. Um, cause a lot of people, you know, if they don't have barbell experience, it can be really, 
scary to yeah. be like, all right, I'm just going to go do this, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so that's, you know, where those three in-person sessions really come, come into play is, you know, they can come in, you can really, you know, hammer in that form, make sure they're feeling comfortable before I send them off with a remote plan. Um, and that way, you know, you have the confidence to be like, all right, I know what I'm doing. Um, and they would, uh, video all their lifts for me. And I would give like pretty detailed feedback, um, on the online platform, um, and just, you know, give pointers for the following week. So, um, yeah. And then the program included another in-person session. So kind of a check-in halfway through. So yeah, it, it, it was a good option for, um, someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have that much, you know, previous, weightlifting experience and just wants to make sure they're doing things safely. Um, and, you know, being on a program that isn't going to result in overtraining or, you know, loading up too quick and getting hurt, all those different things. Right. Which is a big deal right now. Right. With Pete, especially at the beginning with people fucking going crazy with training right now, like everybody doing, 600 door jam pull-ups a day yeah. and <laughs> 200 burpees and push-up challenges. Yeah. And people are going to be swole after this. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen the hashtag uh, swole-shul distancing. <laughs> Have you seen that? swole shul distancing. <laughs> Try saying that five times. <laughs> we've, been oh. we've been talking about the hashtag uh, get weak together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, don't exercise. We can all get weak together. So, Juliet, let's talk about, well, let's get one more piece of business out of the way. If people wanted to get a hold of you and do an online program with somebody to keep them, like, accountable and motivated um, in a serious program, first of all, what can you offer in this time specific to these lockdown situations? And uh, how do they get a hold of you and, like, what can they roughly uh, expect to spend on that? Yeah, so I have um, three different remote training plans. Um, and whichever option you choose is all just based on the equipment you have at home. So um, I kind of have it tiered based on how many workouts you get each week and how much contact and feedback you get from me. So okay. the, the lowest tier one is, um, I call it the basic plan. So that's three workouts a week. They're all pretty much just tailored to what you have at home. But beyond that, um, you're kind of on your own as far as, um, you know, figuring out the weights you use and um, not as much feedback from me. Um, the second level is also three workouts a week, but you get um, a lot more feedback from me. I'm going to be setting your weights and progressing them um, each week. Um, and then the last level is four workouts a week and you get full video feedback from me. So you can upload videos and get feedback on form and all of that. Um, so they range between $100 to $200 for a four week plan. Um, and then wow, I have a, good. yeah, and then I have a hangboard add on. So you can add on a hangboard plan to any of those for $25. Um, and if you want just a hangboard plan, it's, it's 50 bucks. So that's kind of my little menu. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and for, yeah. for those top two plans, um, is that stuff like goal oriented too? Can somebody be like, okay, these are my goals. Can yeah, you for sure. tailor my plan to fit that? Yeah. So um, all of the plans I use kind of the same principles for. So my attitude towards general strength and conditioning is to get generally strong and conditioned. So, um, you know, as much as we want our training to like translate directly, you know, on the wall, uh, the way I see it is if you just get really strong, you can apply that strength through practice on the wall, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I focus on the four big movement patterns. So one is a lower push movement, which is squats, lunges, that kind of stuff. Um, an upper pull movement. So pull-ups, rows, um, a upper push movement, which is like kind of your bench press, push-ups, and then a lower pull movement, which is usually like a deadlift, hamstring curl, that kind of idea. So all of the plans, I incorporate all those four big movement patterns into. Because if you can get strong in all those different um, movement patterns, you're going to be pretty set um, on the wall. So yeah. one of the down, downfalls of, you know, only climbing is, you know, you really only um, get that kind of upper body pull um, and then like climbing specific, you know, leg footwork kind of, um, stimulus. So, um, once you start kind of using general strength and conditioning, um, you're going to de develop a lot more power in your hips than you could just on the wall. Um, and yeah, just keeping everything healthy for injury prevention. Um, so all of those are, that's kind of like the big principle behind all of my plans. Um, and then, yeah, going into specifics of what someone's goal might be, um, it could definitely be, you know, if someone's more of a sport climber or more of a boulderer, it would kind of look slightly different um, from that perspective, especially on the hangboarding end of things. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, um, it, it definitely depends on just what is available at home um, more than anything, I'd yeah. say. Right. Julie, so Julia, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into climbing and how you kind of ended up becoming a personal trainer as well? Yeah. Yeah. So I started climbing when I was 10. I did like a summer camp at the climbing gym and got hooked pretty quickly. So um, I climbed competitively through my youth years until mm -hmm. I was about 16. And then I went through like a pretty classic like teenager burnout phase. Okay. Um, <laughs> And then I started climbing again when I was in college. So I took about two years off. Uh -huh. Started climbing again in college um, when I like you know realized you could climb outside. That was like a pretty cool <laughs> revelation. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa! There's like so much more purpose to this than just like yeah. So um, <laughs> so I got really psyched on climbing outside and um, still did a little bit of competitions in college. I did like the collegiate nationals. Um, and then once I finished school, I moved out here to Colorado um, and I got my undergraduate degree in biology. Yeah. 
Um, and the first job I had out here was actually in a research lab at the University of Colorado at the medical campus. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely pretty different than what I do now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of, you know, I mean, who knows what they want to do when they're 18 and, you know, mm-hmm. you decide what you major in in college and all that. But um, or 25 or 30 or 35 yeah, or sure, 40. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I worked in the lab kind of being like, all right, like, I think I want to go get a PhD and be a research scientist. Uh, but then I, you know, actually worked in the lab for, almost three years. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. So (laughs) kind of went back to the drawing board. And, um, I think, you know, climbing has always been a super big passion in my life and, or like the passion in my life. And, um, you know, I really wanted to integrate it into my work life. Um, just because I, you know, couldn't get away from it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, what would happen if I didn't start rock climbing? <laughs> oh, I? man, that's a yeah. dangerous thought. It's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. Totally. <laughs> um, so, um, obviously, like, I, I'm pretty into science. And um, I think fitness, being in the fitness industry is a really awesome way to combine the two. Mm-hmm. Um obviously going on like a much bigger scale than what I was doing in the lab, but, you know, really understanding the science and the physiology behind, you know, why you do a certain number of reps and a certain number of sets and all that. And then, you know, zooming back out and being like, how do I get this person to, you know, do that? You know, what kind of injuries do they have or like, you know, what, um, you know, tweaks and Mm -hmm. whatever, things we have to work around or what are they really strong at and what are they really weak at and kind of tailoring it to the individual. So it's kind of a, a nice way to combine it all. Um, so yeah, I left my job at the lab and I went on a three month road trip, which is where I met Dave. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yep. Um, I was supposed to do some soul searching on that trip and I pretty much just climbed. <laughs> <so>. um, <laughs> That sounds but, great. So, yeah, I was supposed to soul search, didn't really soul search, came back to Denver, was like, okay, well, I have to, you know, have a home again instead of just my car. So, had to get a job. And, um, you know, I was like, all right, let's just, let's just do it, try it out, um, try out personal training. So, I got my personal training certification through NASM, which is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, just a pretty like general personal training cert. Um, and you know, went to go find a job. Um, uh, all it was actually the second place I worked at the, the first place I worked at was like pretty awful. So I didn't Oof. last very long there, but <laughs> I came over to all and have been there for, yeah, almost a year and a half now. Sick. Um, yeah. So, so since, since I started at all, I've gotten a few more certifications, um, the big one being a certified strength and conditioning specialist, which is through the um, National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, and then I have a nutrition certification through Precision Nutrition. Um, and then I'm actually CrossFit. Well- hey, guys. So we didn't realize that uh, Zoom has a 40-minute time limit if you don't own the thing. So uh, we got disconnected, but we got back together soon thereafter. And now you know that. Okay. So now you can have your hangouts and just set timers so you don't have to have this embarrassing moment happen. All right.
Thank you. Holy uh, shit. Okay. Anyways, well, we're back now. Hashtag pandemic issues. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I would say I'm CrossFit level one, which means I can officially say that CrossFit's kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I like to say. Oh. Um, yeah. Savage. Um, so, yeah, those are all my little qualifications. Well, congratulations. Thanks. It's, yeah. quite, it's quite the acumen you got there. I always hear that the personal training one is actually really, really difficult to get. Yeah, the 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 strength and conditioning one is yeah. like the weekend before I took the test, I was you know looking for more study materials and kind of Googling and I came across a website that's like 60% of people fail on their first try. God. Great, that's like the confidence Whoa. boost I need. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. It's something really dramatic like that. It's like, yeah, so... So I'm, I'm curious, how did all this research and learning about human physiology and training, how, how did that impact your own climbing? Did you feel like that was like super beneficial or was it something? Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I went through like a pretty big plateau yeah. last, like a couple of years ago. So, yeah. um, yeah, I moved to Colorado almost five years ago and, you know, when I moved here, I was just climbing so much and getting out so much that I just naturally saw this really big mm-hmm. jump in my climbing. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, you know, when you start making gains like that, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, man, like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to be at, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just keep getting better. Um, yeah. And then eventually I plateaued on on that, you know, probably two or two and a half years in. Um, and I kind of hung out around that plateau, um, for a couple years until I started lifting, um, which, you know, I started about a year and a half ago when I, you know, started working, working, um, as a trainer. And, uh, I definitely just like pretty immediately felt the difference. Um, like my shoulders just felt a lot stronger Mm -hmm. and I was able to, you know, I just felt stronger on the wall, just able to hold more tension, kind of, kind of all of that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was cool to, you know, go back to climbs that I was like struggling on, on my road trip, which is all I was doing was rock climbing, coming back, you know, back to, you know, working full time and having to manage my training time and, and just like crushing the climbs that I, you know, couldn't do when all mm-hmm. I did was rock climb. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, I guess I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I have another question. I think you answered it. You okay. answered it. Yeah. Um, I was like trying to backtrack. And be like, <laughs> question. But how, how highly can you recommend like somebody who wants to get into climbing coaching and climbing training to go out and get those certs? Cause a lot of people skip over that step and just become coaches or whatever. What kind of leg up does that give you in the industry? Um, well, so one of my favorite things that I ever heard my boss say was, if you can train the general population, you can train athletes. Uh, oh. It is not necessarily true the other way around. So, um, you know, getting certified and, you know, working with these general population people, um, you know, I'm working with people who, are much less, you know, body aware, for example, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like you tell a climber or an athlete to, you know, do this with your hips and they can do it. And like, you're like, all right, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just take that feedback and 
work with it really well. Whereas, you know, a general population person who, you know, has maybe not really played many sports in their lives, you tell them to do something and they just have no idea. Like, so, you know, working with the general population, um, there's a lot more coaching involved almost. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot easier to coach athletes because they just take that feedback. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's been like a really good experience for me. Um, And then also a lot of general population people have a bit more aches and pains and little tweaks here and there that you kind of have to work around. Um, So being able to work with people like that and still get them stronger and kind of get them over these tweaks and pains has been also pretty advantageous. Um, But yeah, just, you know, as far as understanding kind of the underlying principles of training, I think is pretty important. Um, You know, climbing is obviously a skill sport. Um, You have to do it to get better at it, but you can still apply the same training principles to you know, climbing as you can to just general strength training. I Um, think, yeah. And I think that's such an important concept to essentially pass on to people. Cause I feel like when people start climbing, they sort of like, it's this fun thing I do. I just go and, you know, and they don't think about the fact that it is an athletic endeavor and that these kind of, um, exercise or putting a more regimented exercise routine on, on it can like really help, help the, help you as a climber. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing how like every single other sport in existence yeah. has like, a strength and conditioning program. And like a lot of climbers are still kind of like dragging their feet on it. Mm-hmm. Just being like, ah, I'm good. I mean, my own boyfriend, I can't get him to freaking train with me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's hard to train a significant other to start with. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Yeah. It's hard a lot of lines there. Do you have a preferred type of clientele, like the the newer climber, or do you like people who are more experienced or are needing just a little bit more help with something? Um, yeah, no, I I train at all levels. It, the studio I work at, it's called Alt Fitness, and it yeah. stands for All Level Training. So, um, ah. yeah, I do get just a whole range of mm-hmm. of folks, and I think it's what makes my job you know, really exciting from the day to day is that it's so different all the time. So, um, yeah, I really like working with people of all levels and, um, you know, it helps me to continue learning and, um, just continue being a better coach because yeah, if you're not trying to get better then you know, there's no, there's no point to it. And you can't relax really when like each day you're presented with athletes of like, on polar opposite sides of the spectrum, you know, that I think that would be exciting. Always mixing it up. Yeah. I mean, there was, uh, you know, my regular Monday schedule was at one point, like, you know, I trained this like 65 year old guy. And then my next client was this 12 year old girl. So it's like, (laughs) it's like from, you know, one session to the next, it's like, all right, we're like, I mean, yeah, it makes like I said, my job really fun and really enjoyable and, um, yeah, it keeps the brain going, you know, Oh yeah. never, yeah. never a dull moment. <laughs> what about, um, when you look at like the overall climbing world and what climbers may be like promoting on their social media or 
whatever you see them in the gym working out what are some of the most common mistakes that general climbers are making in their training regimens um that's a great question <laughs> i like to, I know I like to like try and ignore <laughs> being anything when i go to the climbing gym because i know i'll just like <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm just like not gonna look. I'm just yeah. But I, I think I think one of the things I definitely see is just people not going intense enough. Um which, you know, at this point is um one of the things that I'm coming across with the at home training is like, okay, how do I make this workout intense enough for this person? Um so the idea is that you're always progressing your training as you go through the weeks and as you go through the months. Um, so if you're, you know, just kind of doing the same thing every day, every week, every month, you're not going to see a progression in results Mm -hmm. if you're not, you know, working on a progression of, of load. So, um, you know, that's like one of the reasons why I'm a big proponent of the barbell training is it's one of those great ways that you can continuously just, and measurably just keep progressing the training. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I see a lot of, I wrote this in one of my Instagram posts, you know, when people are doing stuff on like the BOSU ball or like, um, yeah, just like these super unstable surfaces and just doing like really funky things. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not into that. Uh, (laughs) Um, cause at the, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, the, the fact is you actually can't generate as much force when you're on an unstable surface as you can when you're on a stable surface. So you're, you're not actually like helping yourself get stronger in that way. Um, so I, I like the BOSU ball, the BOSU ball right. all the time. I'm like, Oh, that's a new one. I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. Before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say definitely just kind of not going intense enough or not progressing that is that's a good observation because it's so easy to go in the gym and you know climb a few boulders and be like oh man that was a pretty good workout but like in reality did you (laughs) did you actually you know like people say they went and they like worked out but in reality they just kind of climbed for fun you know and it's it's Mm -hmm. understanding the difference between the intensity that that you mentioned is difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i mean yeah it's even like you know the same thing with with climbing as it is with the weightlifting. Like, you know, if you, if you go to the gym and you do the same thing every time climbing wise, and you don't, you know, try boulders that are a little too hard for you or, um, you know, try and get pumped a little bit or, you know, anything like that, just adding that additional little bit of stress each time. Um, yeah, you, you probably won't see as much of a progression in your climbing. Um, like same thing, if you don't progress, you're what you're strength training. You're not going to see gains in strength. Right. It's all about intentionality too, though. When you go into the gym, like not everybody is there to get a workout, especially in today's gyms. Right. I know. I would say in today's gyms, 70% of climbers are there for, um, like a casual workout, but just to have fun and Mm -hmm. have a social, a social experience. For sure. So, 
even though climbing is like exponentially exploding, that probably doesn't mean your business is on that same arc. Your business is certainly arcing way, way north, but not every climber wants to like, not any, and not every climber wants anything out of climbing other than the social experience. And sometimes with their like keychain carabiners sticking their climbing shoes on the outside of their backpack and walking across downtown to their apartment, you know, that's what some people want out of climbing. I love that. <laughs> and we should kill so those people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to talk, can we talk about some pandemic related stuff since that's sure. what I want to ask you a question. I, I kind of asked you about it in the interview we did a week ago, but and Feedy, you know, you work at a gym too. We should get your thoughts about this as well. How do you think this experience, um, this kind of uh, viral pandemic we're having and everybody locked at home, how, and then the trainers kind of losing their platforms, how do you think this is going to change uh, or revolutionize climbing training and coaching in the future do you have any ideas on that i i have some ideas like because some some coaches are having no success right now and they're going to lose they're going to lose everything and that's the horrifying truth of it and then the other coaches that have hybrid programs like you are going to be are going to weather the storm and perhaps gain new clients because you're accessible do you think that's going to have an effect on the way coaches build their programs in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, it's just been such a weird <laughs> thing so to weird. happen. Uh, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's been pretty cool to, you know, come up with these training plan options that I just never, you know, I didn't have before. So, you know, yeah. now I have three more um, training plans and, you know, I, I don't see myself stopping them when I go back to, you know, work in person. Um, it's definitely something I'm going to continue. Um, and you know, then people will have more access to, to more equipment, of course. But, um, you know, I definitely think like, I mean, everyone is, everyone is going remote right now. I mean, that's the only option. Um, yeah, there is no other option really. Uh, other than to just like not, not have a job, I not guess. Not a job, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think we're we're definitely going to see a lot more remote training stuff. Um, and it, I mean, in another way that it's been really cool is you know my hybrid program since it was part in person, it was really only accessible to people who live in Colorado, like the Denver. Denver Boulder area and could come see me in person. And now I get to train people all over the country, um, which is really kind of expanded, um, you know, the people I can reach and, and work with. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know as far as other, other trainers or other businesses, but I know that, you know, after all this is over, I'm, I'm definitely going to still keep doing this remote training. Um, and yeah. I imagine a lot of other coaches will too. Oh, those are two great points, dude. Like those are two evolutions in training. I think of the coaches out there. Um, let's say I'm thinking of one. Well, I'll just say his name, uh, Dave Wall, mm -hmm. right? Dave Wall is known across the nation. Like 
I, I would say every serious trainer in the country knows who Dave Wall is because of his longevity in the sport and um, his kind of overarching impact on it, meaning he's a coach, he's a trainer, he's a strength and conditioner. But Dave was like, is, oh my God, it's so hard not to put things in the past tense during the <laughs> pandemic. Have oh, you guys well. noticed that? Oh my God, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Restaurants, <laughs> restaurants were amazing in 2000. <laughs> you remember this? Oh, restaurants. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think of Dave Wall like this. Like Dave is like a small town plumber who's incredibly good at his job, mm-hmm. right? Always great with the customers, plays with the kids when he come over to the, come, comes over to the house, fixes the plumbing perfectly, um, gives you a good deal on it, and like shakes your hand with a firm handshake and says, if you ever need anything, you just give me a call. And that next day, that person calls their friend and be like, I, I have a great plumber. And uh-huh. this plumber never has to put an advertisement in the yellow pages in like 1980s, never has to build a web page today, never has to put their name on the side of their work van. And that was, that's kind of Dave Wall. Mm-hmm. But now Dave Wall doesn't have a hybrid program. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a website. And so his platform has been taken out from underneath him when he has this great idea, all of these great ideas, but when you can't plug those into some sort of platform, they become just ideas. Yeah, I mean, mean, mean? my hope for, for, you know, trainers like that, and it's something that I've seen with our our clients at the studio, because, I mean, our studio is totally... I mean, you know, there's multiple trainers, but it's a similar thing. You know, we're just a small business. Um, and the support we've gotten from and all the, you know, kind messages from our clients has been, you know, really like just makes you feel warm inside. <laughs> like, yeah. awesome. um, and I would hope I would hope that, you know, like for for those kind of, you know, small trainers that you know, there's a way that they can find for their clients to continue to support them because, you know, I think that, you know, they want to support the trainers um, in whatever way they can. I mean, it's, you know, similar with the climbing gyms, you know, the people who are like, leave my membership on, I'll keep paying. Like, I I want you to keep the doors open. I I would hope there's, you know, a way for the clients to continue to support the trainers like that, you know, whether it's, um, I don't know, if he, you know, does these virtual sessions, um, you know, everyone has FaceTime or, you know, you can download Zoom. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I think there are ways, there are ways to do it. Um, it's just how, how, you know, quickly, I guess you can make that pivot more than anything. Yeah. And none of that is to say that also Dave is going to, and all of these other trainers who are, are similar, uh, have a similar format to Dave Wall, they're all going to come back just as strong as ever. Yeah, just, for sure. It's just, it's just such a scary time. I, mean, a, I know, a, I know. Yeah. I mean, if you're a good coach, like you're a good coach, there's nothing like period. that can yep. take to, that can take that away from you. You know, like people, people should and 
will, you know, seek out good coaches. Um, and, you know, hopefully, like I said, you know, current clients or, you know, people who are, you know, thinking about training with those trainers, like now's the time if they're able to, you know, support those coaches as much as they can, um, yeah. you know, in whatever way possible, you know, reach out and be like, Hey, like, <laughs> give me a workout for the week yes. or, you know, I'll, you know, give you X amount of money or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think it's definitely, and I've been really, you know, thankful for all the people who've, who've come, come out to support me and, um, yeah, super thankful for all my clients who are, um, keeping me busy and keeping me working. So, uh, it's those are the little, these little heartwarming stories during these like national scary kind of tragedies that are going on is that especially these small communities like climbing that are so interwoven and so tight knit, even as we're exploding and becoming bigger. It's nice to hear that, you know, those coaches that are helping everybody get super strong. Um, those climbers are still throwing them some shekels, you know, and being like, okay, let's do this from home. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, everyone's, you know, especially climbers, you know, want to keep moving. I mean, obviously there's no pressure to come out of this, you know, like climbing three grades harder, but you know, most of <laughs> us are, are used to, you know, moving around on a pretty consistent basis and um, yeah, finding a way to, to do that and, um, and being able to support a coach is like awesome. Um, yeah, you know, those other, those other folks you interviewed for the, the article, you know, sounds pretty similar. Like they got a good community. It totally just sucks to have to close your doors and be like, you know, technically closed for business, but, you know, finding ways to, um, keep that community feel and connected and, um, yeah, just, just supporting supporting the community and the coaches as much, as much as you can. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I mean, you, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say my, my hope for, you know, the climbing gyms through all this is that, you know, somehow, I mean, it's because it's the whole industry, right. It's not just, you know, a couple climbing gyms here. I mean, it's all the climbing gyms. Yes. I mean, in the U S in all these different countries in Europe, like everywhere in the world. Um, and, you know, hopefully there's some way, you know, that the industry can, you know, mobilize and come out of this and, and be okay. And obviously it's dependent too on small business support from our government and yeah, just. <laughs> <there's a little. laughs> What's that? They passed a bill today. <laughs> Does that exist? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's um, maybe if your gym's called like Boeing Gym or Dupont yeah. Gym, <laughs> fucking small business isn't going to get much help. I, I I really don't. I know that bill is going to that two trillion dollar bill is supposed to pass today. I have I have very small hopes for it. Um, what are your thoughts? I, actually, when I was like kind of interrupting you, you segued into exactly what I was going to talk about, Juliet, <laughs> is like the gyms. Like, Feedy, you have been a route setter at a gym. Now you work at a gym. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the state of uh of gyms uh how they're going to come out of this whole oh, dude i mean you know, I, I, I am they aren't going to open for a while there's just, there's yeah no i mean it's it's uh <laughs> honestly man i'm not the right person to ask because it just feels like it's going to be pretty like luckily for example movement just got purchased by arguably one of the biggest corporate corporate like climbing gym chains you know like el cap so i'm not too worried necessarily about gyms like that whereas you have smaller gyms that are just about to open or more locally owned who don't necessarily have like that gigantic resource or, or like well of funds to draw from from so it's i don't know it's gonna be really crazy to see i'm i'm as an employee at one of these gyms, I'm also kind of waiting to hear like what they're thinking. Cause I've been very lucky that movement has been really generous and is paying our, our, uh, paying us for work that we would have had. So at least until through March, but I don't really know what's going to happen after that. So <laughs> I don't think you're going to get paid. After yeah. That. Yeah. I don't think so either. And honestly it's been, it was awesome to just get, you know, paid at all for March. So, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, really interesting to see. <laughs> and you I'm were, nervous. Yeah, we should be probably. There's this petition yeah. going around to like. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Sign the petition. Sign the pe- sign the fifty petitions on your Facebook. Everybody, <laughs> climbing gyms are trying to apply for the small business. Yeah. Um, Loan. Financial governmental help. So if they can get a petition signed with enough people, they can present their argument. That doesn't mean they're going to get the finances, mm-hmm. but they can at least present their argument to our benevolent overlords in Washington, D.C. And hopefully make please, some money. Please, overlords. Overlords. <laughs> it's all not only that, though. There's other things to think about, too. Like what about um, claiming hold manufacturers who literally scrape by on the thinnest of margins what are they gonna do well they've (laughs) no i'm just asking if you guys i mean yeah i don't really know how we can all help as a community yeah build home woody i don't know I, i i don't know i always yeah, it's it's hard to you know not want to just like look up to like the bigger body or industry thing, but I mean I would really hope that you know like climbing wall association or you know that kind of yeah some some kind of bigger ent- entity body, yeah exactly could could Step I, I don't know what they could do but you know um, are you are are you still involved at DBC Julia? Denver yeah. Bouldering Club. Denver Bouldering Club. Yes, the Denver Bouldering Club. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've never worked technically worked there, but um, yeah, I still climb there. That's my that's my okay. home. Yeah. Um, well, you know, not right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that is like that's like the kind of gym where I'd be, you know, I'm I'm my heart goes out to them because they're you know a, a smaller local business, and you know they're probably really stressed out right now. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so my boyfriend, John is, um, you know, owns a small, small bit of it and, and works uh-huh. at the, at the DBC. And, um, you know, 
I can't comment too much on, you know, what, you know, what they're doing, but yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I was telling you, Dave, he's definitely in a much more kind of tender spot than I am right now for yeah. sure. Yes. Um, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's not only them too, it, it's those small gyms, but think of every um, specialty gear shop mm-hmm. in the, in the United States who brings in, uh, you know, at least $10,000 a day on normal business days and, you know, huge amounts during other times. And now they're going to have their doors closed for, let's say a month. Right. I just don't know how some of those guys are going to survive, but what can we do is, you know, you can only buy so many gift certificates. You can, Uh the the scary thing is if they say, well, you know, don't go outside for a month. Nobody's going to be buying new hiking boots. Nobody's going to be buying new climbing shoes. Nobody's going to buy a new rope Mm -hmm. or a new set of draws, or I'm going to fill out my rack and stare at my shiny new gear, which is like, if you're a gear freak like me, if your gear is shiny, you just get angry and you want to make it dirty, you know? <laughs> so it's just, it's a, it's a scary time for the whole climbing um, family and industry, I think. But hopefully we can weather the storm. Yeah. I mean, it is really just amazing how quickly we were, you know, gaining momentum with climbing being in the Olympics and all that. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who I mean, maybe the Olympics were like the best thing that could have happened because if people still want to make the Olympics, you know, yeah. they're going you know, to to keep the industry alive. And I think, yeah. you know, if worse comes to worst, I'm sure we'll start seeing biz, small businesses starting like, you know, like, uh, GoFundMe's or literally just some kind of fundraisers to be like, hey, like <laughs> we we need we need support. Otherwise, we can't we won't be around when this is over, you know. And I think yeah. I do think people will step up who can and will contribute. And I think that is something that we can definitely count on to some capacity. But that's a really good point, Feedy, because I I think of um I think of the service industry like restaurants, right? Restaurants mm-hmm. and bars. And in your neighborhood, in Juliet, in your neighborhood, there's that one restaurant, which every two years is a different restaurant, you know, (laughs) like it goes out of business, somebody buys it, it goes out of business. I think the service industry, although I, I'm heartbroken for the people who've lost their jobs, many of which I call friends, many of whom I call friends, um, and are in terrible places right now. But as far as those businesses go, fucking no worries the capital's just gonna fucking ramp right back up the backside and fill that void there's so many restaurant and bar entrepreneurs but the thing that scares me um about like especially especially specialty stores where all of us should be buying our gear to support our local gear stores it's where we should be buying our crash pads you know our, our chalk bags everything um those have been dwindling for years, you know, now it's just like REI and Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes me afraid Denver has what, like 2 million people in the Metro area. And we have one specialty climbing shop. 
just wilderness yeah. exchange. Yeah. And I'm scared for those guys, you know, because that's all we have. I'm not going to go into REI and expect somebody to like tell me how a fucking Camelot X4 works. You know what I mean? Or like, do you guys know where I can find a copperhead? Is that going to be like a snake? We don't sell snakes. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> that was that was maybe a little harsh to REI. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, they're the big guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the hoping. Who knows? Dude, how fortunate are the people who had those gigantic nice home walls right now? Uh, Good for them. Good for them. They were prepared. They were preppers. <laughs> <laughs> they were survivalists. I think of like yeah. when we just interviewed Ian Powell for Kilter. Oh, my God. He's got like two Kilter walls and uh, everywhere. You're just like, oh, man, I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> sending. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are getting a home wall though, Juliet. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, um, I think it was when it was, it was when we were like, okay, we're definitely going to get, you know, the lockdown order. Yeah. You know, let's just, let's just build a wall. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. So John ran out to home Depot and got all the stuff and built it, you know, the day that Hancock announced Denver was was uh, supposed to be like stay at home, but wow, that's like movie timing. I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, Home Depot is open now, so <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're starting our home wall Monday or Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> now you're able to find holes. I feel I like I recently, I feel like I recently saw, I'm sure someone's putting info out there on how to build a home wall. If oh, they're everywhere. Touch. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I, I talked to the guys at Wilderness the other day. I was like, hey, do you guys have any um, climbing holes? He's like, are you fucking kidding me? We are sold out of climbing walls. We are sold out of training boards. We are sold out of hang boards. <laughs> just like, of totally. course you are. All the climbers went crazy and just po- they bought out the entire store of yeah. every training item that they had. For sure. I mean, I went to Target not even this past week, like the week before when I was, you know, just starting to get weird, weird feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I was like, all right, I got to buy like some, some weights to have at home. Um, and like there was, there was like one set of 25 pound dumbbells and like a 25 pound plate. And I was like, all right, I'm taking it. I'm taking <laughs> I'm doing it. it. <laughs> we'll make it work. Um, oh my God. It's definitely been a thing. And even going to, you know, some of these um, like you know, exercise equipment websites, they're like, yeah, <laughs> we're getting a lot higher volume than normal. Please be patient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my, one of my roommates is gyms that they're a part of. I wish I could remember the name, but they let, um, the day they closed, they let clients come in and essentially take equipment to their house. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have a bunch of kettlebells and stuff from that gym. So that's been really awesome to have because otherwise it would be, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to improvise and do bodyweight stuff, but it just helps so much to have any, any equipment to, to work with. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah, I, I got asked the other day, you know, like what, 
what do I like, what is the bare minimum of what, what I need to, you know, do some training. And obviously like, like you said, you know, you can do it body weight, you can do it with some bands, but I would say like the number one thing, if you can swing it is like a set of rings. You okay. Can do like everything. That's awesome. That's good to know. Um, or like TRX or something. You can do pull-ups on rings, which is nice. Um, like if you don't have a pull-up bar, um, you can do, you can do a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, some equipment definitely helps. It's just, I mean, stuff starts to get pricey for sure at a certain point, which is, um, I don't know but why it's reassuring, you know, with these sessions I've been doing to be like, okay, I know I can give a good workout with X amount of equipment or yeah. 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 You don't need a lot. Yeah. I mean, well, even for- like the new warm up we've been doing with people, it's like, I mean, I've been doing it, you know, over video with them and like my freaking shoulders get so tired uh, <laughs> <laughs> just doing the like body weight warm up. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That stuff definitely no. like, will build up and get your shoulders burning or, or your hips burning or yeah, you can do it. You can do everything with, with just body weight. For sure. A good side effect um, or aftershock of this whole awful thing that we're going through might be that people are like holy cow i totally underestimated how important like nature and fitness and exercise was to me like i I think a lot of people are realizing like when i go when i went on when i went running yesterday i have never seen that many people out maybe on like maybe on fourth of july weekend on like a super sunny saturday but everybody was like running. There was a dude in front of our house doing squats next to the recycling bin. I was like, by the look of you, dude, you should have been doing those for the last couple of years. Oh, man. But I mean, people are, that was a it's terrible awesome. slam. I'm, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, but people are really, I feel like, realizing how important their like physical activity is to their mental well-being right now. Well, well yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty... Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about the other day. Like, once someone tells you you can't do something, it's like, yeah, yeah you want it more. Want do. Um, yeah, like I saw this meme where it's like, you know, normal life, and it's just everyone sitting on the couch, like on their phone. And then it's like quarantine, and everyone's like outside, like, you know, first time outside in, you know, how long? But um, yeah, doing yeah. pull ups on their tree in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's really, it really is crazy. Yeah. I mean, we, we went and took the dogs for a walk. We're, we're a couple blocks from Sloan's Lake here and I was like, so not into it. I was like, there's so many people. I feel really uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's, there's no way I can stay six feet away. Yeah. From yeah, exactly. I am like not going to do this again. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. How Which is, supposed to yeah. Do? yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Well, well guys, there's there's hikes and everything out there that you don't you know need to be around people for there's room for us all out there for sure as long as we spread out there's just no doubt about it the cities however though you're right holy cow i can't imagine how crowded sloan sloan's lake is every night yeah <laughs> uh. 
fucking Corona vector over there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Poor I mean, it's, it's been crazy. It's like you just get so paranoid, and you know, you feel any sort of tickle in your throat. You're like, I have it, I have it. So I don't yeah. know. My my whole thing has been like, I'm just gonna pretend or like just assume. I'm like highly infectious right now. And that's just how. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what you have to do. I'm just going to behave as if that's, that's what's happening. And um, so I've definitely been like, you know, on the more, they're the most conservative of, of the folks I work with um, as far as like my like stay at home and distancing stuff and all that. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. When I went to Home Depot today, I wore gloves and a mask. I was like, I, I do not, nobody else was wearing them. I was like, I'm 45, 45 years old here, folks. <laughs> I, mean, I, went, I went to Walgreens the other day and, you know, we were all standing six feet apart because I had it taped at every six foot interval. Yeah. And I just yep, hear the yep, guy yep. behind me, you know, going off about how this is just the flu. And I'm like, where have you been the last? I know. Oh, week? my God. Like, oh. I feel like that's where everyone was like three weeks ago. Yes. Yep. Yep. Like where? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, this is it's just it's um, funny times, man. I mean, I'm lucky that I, I don't have too many people on social media who are coming up with all kinds of weird conspiracy claims or whatnot. But. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it just goes to show where, you know, exactly where our country is at right now. It's just, you know, the conservative versus liberal media are <laughs> yeah. just like, com- like polar opposites. I, I, yeah. So. Oh God, let's not do it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Can, let's not go. No, let's not go down that road. I can, I can feel my blood pressure. I like. I feel like I slowly turn into the Hulk uh, <laughs> when we start talking about this, and my clothes just starting to get tight on me here. So we gotta, we gotta take a deep breath. Dang no. Talk about it. <laughs> I've got my lighter out. I don't want to start anything on fire. Um, uh, well, guys, we're I'm, probably nearing the end. Yeah, of I was about to say we. You know, this chat has gone, the second coming has co- gone definitely over 40 minutes, but it hasn't cut us off, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But I'm also not complaining. But Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think we touched on a lot of good stuff, and maybe this is good stuff. Down in the city where the wind patterns change, blow around the buildings all tall and strange. That got me psyched for training and a little bit depressed. Yeah. Well, we made it out. We did make it out. Um, if you, if anybody would like to train with Juliet, by the way, um, super affordable, I think, even though, like she says, training is certainly a privilege, but um, she has a pretty affordable program. If you want to get a hold of her, probably the best way is on Instagram, and I believe it's Juliet underscore Amanda. Mm-hmm. Or just search Juliet Hammer. You can find her. So we thank her greatly for coming on and just wish her the yeah, best. Yeah, and she was a great business. sport. I mean, it was like not – this is not the the most ideal time to be trying to talk about training when, like, the world is sort of on hold. So, I mean, shout-out to <laughs> Juliet for being willing to chat with us. <laughs> she texted me afterwards, and she was like, um, do you guys edit 
because I'm not super happy with some of the stuff I said. And I was like, dude, none of us are happy when we have to do interviews this way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she was a great sport. She was a great sport. And we're, we're definitely going to um, have her back on and in the future. And we can do it in the right way in person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to, I'd love to get more into her climbing, you know, because she's yeah. such a, like, talented climber. Yeah. Um, and like how her training affects her climbing. We, we just barely touched on that. So we'll have her maybe at the end of the year, 2021 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, other than that, I did want to bring up the fact that Thundercling finally went viral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was thanks to Dave. Dave wrote a great piece about the impact climbers were having by flooding to sensitive areas like Bishop during this sort of the start of the whole pandemic crisis and it got shared a lot and it was mentioned in the new york times <laughs> so <laughs> good you did it good work crazy Thunder times. the big leagues <laughs> you know the funny thing about that you know that article kind of took off i wrote it just in a couple hours and sent it out just not with any in- just my normal intention of hopefully 500 people read it yeah and like i went back the next day and there were like 60,000 views. I was like, what is, did I accidentally put <laughs> naked pictures? <laughs> but yeah, it really, really seemed to shake things up a little bit. That was a surreal week. Yeah. But the fu- what I was going to say is the funny thing about that is everything just goes back to normal. The next yeah. piece I wrote got like 500 views. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is permanent. Nothing no. is permanent. Um, I think it's it's still awesome, man. And uh, it was a piece that I think was really needed because it was right when people were starting to realize, like, hey, this is it, this is not the time to be going to areas like uh, Joe's, Bishop, Red River Gorge, anywhere that essentially was surrounded by a small town that was not prepared for any kind of gigantic health crisis. So yeah, that's right. Um, and it's I was going to say it, it's kind of cool that we get to talk about it. Cause I can, I can tell you the genesis of it, Yeah, which of course isn't in the article. And what happened is my friend Trevor, who is a Bishop local um, called me up while I was at work and he was just like, dude, this like Bishop is overrun right now. There were like 300 cars at the happies. Turns out they're probably closer to 250, but um, the quote was 300. So that's what ran in the story. Um, and he was like, we got to do something, you know, is there anybody you can talk to? And I was just like, well, we can maybe like write a little <laughs> article. It, yeah. So I literally like dropped everything I was doing at work. It was like one thirty, and just drove home. I was so angry and like frustrated. Yeah. And we just punched it out. That's how that whole thing happened. Just somebody reaching out being like, this is bad news for yeah. like the Inyo County hospital. Yeah. And, uh, Crazy. Yeah, and thank you for doing that because it was someone someone needed to put something together for that. And uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, I did also want to to give a really huge um, shout out to uh, the LCAP uh, company, which is the corporation that owns Movement, Earth Treks, Planet Granite, because their leadership team has essentially been been handling this crisis like incredibly uh incredibly well they 
they've made it a priority to make sure their employees are being paid right now. Um, I'm one of those employees that was infected by the gym shutting down. And, you know, I was really grateful because they they said they'd be paying our wages through March. And I wasn't really expecting anything more than that. But they were extremely um, uh, generous and they're going to continue paying us until they can reopen. And that's just not something that uh, I take lightly. I think that was a really tough decision for them in terms of their own finances. And it's just awesome to see them taking care of their employees. So I got to give huge props to LCAP. Really cool, man. We, we make fun of, we make fun of the big corporations in climbing, especially these kind of brand new gym conglomerates, but man, when you have enough capital to make decisions that positively affect your employees as yes. much as this is going to affect you. Yeah. Like that is, that's amazing. Yes. And, and please everybody, if you can, uh, to some capacity, please keep, you know, supporting these gyms, local, big, whatever, because they, they're struggling really hard right now. And if you want to have a climbing gym to come back to like, keep keep paying your dues even if you can't use the facility you know i'm sure they're they're planning on ways to make it up to people who are you know continuing to pay and uh yeah support support the yeah. businesses you want to see when you come when this whole kind of settles down if you can if you if can you obviously can. yeah yeah faux schnizzle all right well let's wrap this puppy up because i'm yeah. sure people are sick of hearing <sighs> crackly voices um <laughs> If everybody, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, of course, we're on Instagram at the Thunderkling. Um, shoot us an email, or if you'd like to write a piece for the website, we have two pieces coming out this week, which I'm really awesome. excited for. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, just go ahead and shoot an email at thunderklingpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support us, we don't need any money. Just maybe a rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That's always huh? awesome. We've been getting, I, we have had a lot of uh, awesome feedback lately. Um, and it's always, that's honestly like so, so great. So thank you guys. If you do. Especially in these times. In these times. Yeah. And uh, everybody, I'm, we will climb again someday. We will. The rocks <laughs> will be waiting for us. <laughs> They're waiting for us. If I see anybody the first person to brush a hole, I'm going to smack him. Like, yeah. Or you, can be... Need to be brushed. <laughs> or you can just be one of those son of a bitches still going out there. I know you're out Don't there. Do it. I know you're on those rocks. I know you're, I know you're at cat slab in clear Creek Canyon. I'm watching you. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. You never know. You never know what can happen. It, I, I heavily doubt it, but maybe in another couple weeks, you know, we will, some people will be able to go outside, but for right now, you know, let's just be a community. Let's just get weak together. <laughs> Hashtag get weak together. Hashtag get weak together. Yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I miss seeing your face. I miss you too. I can't believe it. It's too I'm long. Just, it's been too long. And, uh, all right. Well, goodbye. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in uh, two or three weeks with another special pandemic Zoom episode. Woo! <laughs> All, right. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye.